Hello, and welcome to our newest episode of Simply Connected with Data Projections. I am Chris Mitchell, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Sandy Hill. And today, because it is right around the Halloween season of the year, we have decided to come to you with some stories and some, some, some chaos that sometimes we see out in the field as AV integrators with some scary AV stories. And so um, we've been kind of asking different people in our, in our company and some different people that we know and, and looking for some stuff. And we've gotten some pretty good stories here. Um, but uh, one of the things that kind of got us going with this and thinking about through some of this is thinking about what we need uh, when we're putting together proposals, when we're putting together quotes, and when we're out talking to our clients. And we use a document documentation that we call our needs analysis form, where we actually really try to dive in and get as much information as we can from the client about their location, about their needs for their, their functionality, and all kinds of things. And during that initial meeting, which is usually on site, most of the time, there are some really scary, interesting things we come up, we come across when we're looking at systems. Because sometimes we are actually going in and they have some AV equipment already. Some of it was maybe installed 20 years ago, maybe 10. But inevitably, the number one thing I see when I go to do a needs analysis at a site is a rat's nest of cables, whether they're hanging out from under a panel or they're by a rack. I mean, to me, that's the most common thing we see. And it is kind of scary, you have to admit. Because uh, in reality, when you're looking at something like that, you don't know which cable is coming from uh, which device and where it's going. And, and for somebody who maybe is walking in to look at this, this old install to create a new install and kind of get an idea about what they're wanting to do moving forward, Man, that kind of uh, previous install just truly makes it that much harder. The, uh, well, and we, well, we hope they appreciate a really good install and, you know, where everything is cable managed and nice and works appropriately. And we know they are. We know they are. But it is interesting. Um, the other big thing that I think is funny, Chris, I don't know if you've experienced this, is that, you know, they'll say, well, I've got this amp. And I think we can reuse it, but we need to add some new speakers so that it was when they want to use equipment that is old just to save money. Or, or vice versa. We've got some speakers in the, uh, that we've had for years and they've all, they still work. Can we just reuse those? Um, and, and who knows, but these speakers are actually installed in a ceiling that is 20 feet high. And they were installed when the building was built and God knows when that was. And there's no actual crawl space or no actual space above the speakers. So we can't really get up there and see what the, the manufacturer is, much less the part number. I actually recently looked at a, a part number of a speaker that was in the ceiling and there was legitimately no uh, existence of that part number on the World Wide Web, on our lovely internet, right? And so how do we, how do we figure those kind of things out, right? And okay, you know. okay, but you just made me laugh because you said crawl space. And I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that really don't understand what crawl space means. I have um, taken several photographs of designers and installers who are, you know, crawling in the ceiling or, you know, into some sidewall trying to find where the cable paths go. But that Under brings up floor. another, yeah, but that brings up another kind of scary thing about what can be living in yeah. those spots. So 
So yeah, so one of the main things that we try to gather whenever we're doing needs analysis is simply just the environment, right? What's the room look like? How, how, how wide, how long, how tall? What kind of walls are they? Are they drywall? Are they cinder block concrete? Finished ceiling, drop tile ceiling, all these kind of things. And, and sometimes when we're getting that information, we try to find out what is our cable path? Um, how are our guys gonna be able to install something in, that, in those areas? And because um, often what, what's gonna come down to it is our technicians are gonna have to utilize, you know, behind the wall, above the ceiling, under the floor in a crawl space um, to get cabling and whatnot through. And, and actually I've got a couple of funny stories. I was talking to some of our technicians, and guys who are here with our, our my San Antonio office actually, who um, have been with us for years. And they were telling us a story about, you know, um, they were in one building that is the oldest building on this one campus, this corporate campus here in town. And this uh, this building, I don't know, I'll, all I know is it's really old. And they had, they convinced one of the younger techs to crawl through this window, which basically got him into a crawl space underneath the house. Well, as he oh. crawled through the window, <laughs> because they had to get cabling from one location, they've turned this old house into this, these, these meeting spaces. He crawled in this window, he fell down, I don't know how far, but he fell a good amount and crawled on his belly as far as he could to help run this cabling. And then as he got to the other side of the building, he, op he looked up and he sees um, multiple members of our team just standing there um, because they'd found another doorway into that space where they just had some stairs. And so he had dropped down, fallen, crawled in the dirt, pulled the cabling, and then it turns out there's actually a doorway and stairs into that area. And he wouldn't have had to do that. So, you know, so looking for pathways is, is chaotic, right? Because I can tell you that same tech um, in, a, in another space, well, I don't know why it is with older buildings and, and sometimes we're dealing with that, but, but that's why we have to ask them these questions is when we're in these old buildings, you never know what you're gonna see. That same technician as he was crawling and getting above a ceiling to run some cabling above an old drop tile ceiling in a building that was built literally in the 1800s. Um, he gets up, pokes his head above. Not only did he put his hand and, and hit a nail that was probably rusted and, and had some diseases much worse than tetanus probably associated with it from God knows when, <laughs> but he sees the dead carcass of a squirrel. And, and what I'm going to say is some kind of fecal matter of some kind all over the place. And, and all we know is we have to run cabling and get all kinds of things done up there. Um, and uh. You know, Where those was the, are the hazmat types, suit? They exactly. Hazmat and, that, suit. and those are exactly the types of things. It's literally, um, if we can, uh, there's another time I was at a, uh, we had some clients, some, some technicians, and I can't remember which office this was in, but I remember they went and purchased, you know, suits. I think they were more like the a full painter suits and they bought masks and, and whatnot to, to carry with them. And they were crawling through ceilings and whatnot with, uh, full-blown suits and, and masks and whatnot just for safety reasons. And so again, back to that needs analysis, what's our crawl space or what's our, what's our, our, our cable path? What is, you know, how are we going to install stuff that's above the ceiling? Uh, how are we going to get stuff that's cable from one spot to another spot? Those are, are key things, but man, if we don't get the right information um, <laughs> for us as, as, as salespeople, we might be putting our technicians into some serious, uh, seriously scary situations if we don't get them, get the right details from the client. Which would make us the least favorite salesperson exactly. In, exactly. in the company or office. Exactly. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I have so, heard a story. I don't know if this one's true. I mean, you're talking about a dead carcass. I have heard a story <laughs> in an old school when they went to look at the rack, which, you know, many of the pieces had been pulled out of the rack. You had microphones just, I mean, it was just such a mess. And they said that a rat jumped out at them from the rack. I am personally glad I was not on that needs and needs analysis walkthrough. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what it is because you talk about rat's nest and then all of a sudden you have a rat's nest of cables <laughs> and then you have rats actually running out from behind the cabling. Right. And, and for me, it's, it's the, these older buildings. Cause I literally, um, so I started for data projections in May of 2010 and the first week of June of 2020, 2010, I was uh, suited up with my technicians and my, with my boots and my jeans on. And I was helping uh, with an install. Um, and I was, uh, you know, kind of got put in charge of, of putting uh, projector mounts onto projectors for about 15 or 20 classrooms. And it was pretty cool for me because I got to hang out with our technicians and I got to see what they're doing and really got a, a good understanding of what goes on um, with them on a daily basis on the job site. And the, the downside is getting back to the older building same is these were uh, portables. So we all see portables around our school campuses and whatnot these days, but these were portables that were probably from 1960, if not maybe older. And so, and we're on a, a campus um, where, where let's just say the students were not necessarily um, the best behaved students, and I'll leave it at that. But so as we're walking into rooms, we're being told, lock the doors behind you as you walk in, as you leave the room, lock the doors. So we all had keys to each one of these rooms, each one of these, these portable buildings. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there in my little room, in my building, putting mounts on top of these projectors and, and some of the technicians come walking in and, and they say, hey, Chris, we need you to come into this other room, we need your help. And I'm like, you know, I'm just the new sales guy, what am I gonna help with? And I, and I walk down in there and we open the door and it's kind of hard to describe this, but I walk into a room that has a drop tile ceiling that is literally completely on the floor. And the only thing still hanging from the ceiling is actually the mount and our projector. And next to the projector is, you know, an A-frame ladder with our technician still standing there oh. covered in, you know, uh, you know, covered in, you know, remnants of the ceiling and insulation and probably 15 different kinds of asbestos if there are 15 kinds of asbestos right <laughs> and 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 then the other then the kicker is bees are now flying all over the place and oh and my so, gosh. so the whole grid came down the, the whole grid. grid the whole grid collapsed and so so they so the technicians all looked to me and said you got to go tell the client you got to tell them what's going on and i'm like i don't know what to do i just started you know and and so they're like yeah but you're the sales guy so i quickly learned on the job, you know, how to present a, a scary situation to a client um, in, in a space that was um, definitely uh, a, little, a little nasty and gross and old and, and whatnot. The good thing is that the client said, oh, that happened in another building a couple of weeks ago. So it wasn't something that was I mean, new to what them. what a liability for kids. But, but man, it was, uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty chaotic, that's for sure. Well, schools are always trying to make do with what they can because they don't have extra money. And I mean, you can see it, see things, see people holding on to things for longer, including the portable 
like classrooms, but gosh, that's scary. Yeah, that was, it was pretty crazy. I just, I remember just walking in and just seeing just dust and stuff just still just falling down like snow in a, in a snowstorm. Oh, that just made me re remember something. So we installed, <laughs> we installed like a um, interactive projector on a wall and um, had the district call us. And when they called us, we were like, they called and said, hey, it fell off the wall. And we were like, wait, what? Like, we don't, we don't <laughs> do that. We make sure they're tight. Well, then it comes, we found out that a student had jumped up and was hanging on the interactive projector and pulled, I mean, maybe the whole thing didn't come down. I didn't have to go look at it. The project manager did, but yeah. Just like some of our interactive panels, when kids mm -hmm. hit it, they crack yeah. the glass. Well, I've, I've walked in on a classroom that had a pencil stabbed in an old smart board um, from a student who <laughs> I guess didn't, didn't enjoy the lesson plan um, for the day. That was, that was one that I had to let them know that it was not gonna be covered under their warranty. <laughs> um so the the you know so but you mentioned something a second ago sandy you talked about people holding on to things maybe a little bit too long um and i don't know how how long and how old this device was that this one campus had as we went out to help replace a screen and a projector in a in a theater an older theater and the school said hey we've got a lift that you guys can borrow and so we got out there to, to get on the lift and um, little did we know this was not a two-person, you know, electric lift that we see, um, you know, uh, that has the, the remote control kind of, you know, console at the top and uh, can be driven around and whatnot. This was a lift that was maybe sat one, could, could fit one person, um, if that, and it literally was a crank. And so you had somebody at the bottom, uh, you know, cranking this, this arm to make the lift go up and we were going I to have never raising seen that raising a a screen um for this big big projector screen um with this device and so you know the scary thing for me in that situation not only was it the guy who was trying to ride up the lift was potentially going to topple over because he was probably um more than the 200 pound weight limit but also <laughs> the fact of the matter that we now had to turn around and help you know, and, and go and rent a, a lift that was going to work for us in that space. And so now we're dealing with the, the change orders or, or who's covering the cost. And, and that's a scary situation in and of itself. So I guess that is part of the needs analysis. When they say, what kind of mm -hmm. lift do you have? We need to like uh, have pictures. Is it look what's like the this? model number? Yeah. <laughs> what's the model number of that guy? How long exactly. have you had that thing? Oh exactly. my gosh. Well, we had a, we had a client recently that um, we installed a video wall like six years ago. And in, in true fashion, you know, customers are trying to, they don't have any kind of maintenance agreement. So we haven't touched it at all in six years. And it's a three by three, so it's a pretty big wall. And in true fashion, the customer was trying to, with their tech, technical guys, kind of see if they could figure out, because a couple of the panels were flickering. And so, you know, anyway, they, what, by the time they call us, we get out there and, we realized that like they have literally pulled, you know, undid the panels, pulled some of the panels out, moved. And you know how those are, those older ones are daisy chained. Mm -hmm. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, cable going to cable and everything has to feed the other one. And they had moved stuff around, plugged stuff into other things. And when we got out there, two panels weren't working at all. And they were like, we just don't know. And then we were pulled off. We were like, did y'all? 
touch this because this is not the way it was originally wired. And then they, you know, and they were like, oh, well, we try to, you know, they're trying to backpedal. But at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going to be a full uninstall and reinstall to make sure that all the cables are correct now because they've, you know, they've moved things around. Those are complicated systems. You can't just, it's not like your TV at home. So, so, but I'm going to, I'm going to counter you on this. And that, and that's with saying you, yes, when you have people who are attempting to adjust and fix the complicated video walls and control systems and, and matrix switchers or whatever, right. That's not something that just, you know, you can get in there and figure out. Um, but I've also seen um, end users attempt to, um, I'm just going to say engineer um, <laughs> solutions um, when it's needed. And I, and I say that because I remember walking through a building one time and it was uh, doing a site visit for a project and it was an engineering building on a, on a higher education campus. And, you know, as, as many of you probably know, right, projectors have uh, lenses and the lenses have a throw distance. And, and so the, you know, you can only have the projector, you know, so close or so far away if you want it to fill the screen that you have in that room, right? And so you can right. you can choose to have the a different lens or move it back or move it forward, or maybe you have a different screen or whatever it was. Well, this, this classroom, which was in an engineering building was clearly a situation where they probably came in and replaced an old projector with a new one, but the new one didn't have uh, the, the, the focal adjustment um, with that lens as the older one probably did. And literally the, the spot that it needed to be installed was right under an a AC vent. And, and oh, so yes. rather than, you know, shifting the screen or doing something or looking at a different projector, um, a, you know, utilizing, and I'm going to say bailing wire, I'm not going to say something better, but there was bailing wire of some kind uh, or, or some kind of cables uh, looped around the, the ceiling grid around the AC vent and then basically just hanging about six inches or so below the AC vent was a projector aimed at that screen. And if you shut the door too hard on that wall uh, in that room, then the projector would shake and you have to give it a second. Or when the AC vent would turn on, it would shake for a few seconds and then it would settle down. Um, I don't think they ever had to worry about that projector overheating, um, you know, <laughs> except for maybe in the wintertime. But it was literally, rather than trying to figure out something else, they, they jerry-rigged a way to connect the mount for that projector to the ceiling using wire cabling and wire and, and i say bailing wire because it made me think of some of the stuff that we would um make work out on the ranch when i was a kid <laughs> exactly now i cannot even believe yes and we you know that is something we run into all the time is the different throw distances based on you know projectors change all the time ratios have changed several times and when they just go buy another projector and don't realize, okay, you need to move that up. You're exactly right. I've seen that, but I cannot imagine hanging it from wires. That sounds as bad as, I mean, you know, that sucker's going to fall. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I, I took that picture. I took a picture of it and sent it out to, you know, so many people. It was, it was hilarious. Um, Speaking of pictures, I'm sure I still a, have it on my phone somewhere. There's yeah. Don't you love looking through your iPhone, a gazillion pictures. 
um, there is a group on Facebook that's called AV Nightmares. And I don't know if you've seen yeah, that before. I have, yeah. they, that is hilarious for anybody that wants to see some of these things like photographs of these. That is a great, great Facebook page. It will make you laugh all day long. Well, and, and, and for those of you who maybe are, are customers or potential customers for a company like Data Projections and, and, and AV Integrator, um, whether it's Data Projections or, or not, you know, when we ask you questions, you can see on that page, you know, some of these pictures, you can maybe like, oh, that's why they're asking me those questions, you know, and it's one of those things where it gives us some, some uh, it supports us and gives us, you know, the, the backing that we need for why we ask some of the questions that we ask. Again, whether it's about something about physical in the environment of the building, you know, and the walls and, and whatnot, or the, the owner furnished equipment that's wanted to be uh, integrated with a new system um, or just, you know, equipment that you want us to use to help save a few dollars. Um, you know, hopefully it's not something that, that we have to sign a waiver on so that we're not gonna um, die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Potentially like that one lift, you know? <laughs> So, well, and, and this was actually before my time with data projections, you know, and, and, and I think maybe we'll, we'll end our time with our scary stories here today on this one, because the fact of the matter is, this is a scary story that has nothing to do really with, you know, uh, the needs analysis with the, the environment of the room equipment or anything else, but, you know, out in, in uh, west of San Antonio in a small town, we had, uh, some technicians installing uh, an audio system and AV system into a gym at a school. And, you know, they're working, you know, high up on uh, some scaffolding or some lifts and ladders and whatnot, getting some speakers hung and projectors hung and all those kind of good things. And they knew it was, you know, storming outside. There was a, a bad thunderstorm rolling in and all kind of stuff, but it's no big deal. You're in a fairly newish building and in school and and no big deal right well until you start to hear the sirens for the tornado that's coming in now if you're out in west texas which is where my old stomping grounds are you know you would hear the tornado siren you knew to listen for tornado sirens you knew the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning and all those kind of things right well down in the, in the hill country of, of texas that's not something that you experience that often and so all of a sudden you hear sirens and i don't even know i didn't even know that some of these small towns had sirens that you could could blare for a tornado but apparently they these guys distinctly remember sirens they remember the the school uh, police department running in to the gym yelling at them and and again distinctly remembering uh profanity laced instructions uh, about getting out of the building as fast as they can and and, and so you know, down from that scaffolding. well well in hindsight you know i kind of think about well why shouldn't they have stayed um, in there a little bit more, but you know, uh, you got to get, you got to hurry up. You got to get out of here. You got, you know, the tornado's coming. And uh, right. so the guys, you know, they packed up their trash, they packed up their ladders. Um, you know, something that would normally take, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes or so. And, and they got it wrapped up in five minutes or so. They got everything on their, on their truck. And uh, they got on the, in, in the, uh, their vans to, to drive home as fast as they possibly could, not only to, to finally kind of look out the, the windows uh, to the left of their van out in this big field and there's the tornado. Um, they see the tornado out in the field as they're driving home. And uh, they, I guess they probably found out those, those vans could drive faster than they thought. Um, oh my gosh. But <laughs> they I were actually extremely <laughs> lucky to get back home. And, you know, hindsight, maybe I think maybe the, those campus police probably should have said, Hey, 
y'all get off the ladders, hunker down. There's a storm coming. Uh, you guys can leave when it, when it passes. But, you know, that is, that's definitely a scary situation for an AV team that has nothing to do with the actual AV programming. But that's a that's a legendary kind of story around the office oh, here sure. in our San Antonio office. It's one you won't the guys ever, they will never forget. Remember driving home and seeing the, the tornado off of the side of the road. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been fun. So, yeah. Well, it's always fun to share stories and to share stories, you know, like this. But uh, to put it into the um realm of the conversation of our needs analysis really which is you know why do we ask some of the questions we ask why do we need the information we need um and, and we can tell you that that there's a purpose and and um, we're not just asking questions to ask questions i promise you well and there was a quote the other day that somebody sent via email that was like if you think a new good av installation is expensive experience a bad av installation exactly and and you exactly you it is always going to be more costly so doing that mm -hmm. that upfront discovery is extremely important yeah do you want to pay for the the change orders down the road or do you want to pay for it correctly up front and that's what we're trying to do for you guys so yep. well thanks again for joining us uh with simply connected and uh sandy as always i, I it's a pleasure and we'll see you guys next time so fun thank you